leadership has become incredibly complicated. Workplaces are being disrupted in ways we never could have imagined. So what's the biggest challenge to leadership? I'm Michelle Johnston, management professor, executive coach, and leadership expert. And I believe the biggest challenge for today's leader is connection. Why? Because research shows that connection drives results. That's why I've written the book, The Seismic Shift in Leadership, and why we are putting together this podcast series. Through interviews with some of today's top business leaders, we are going to explore how leaders' ability to connect with themselves, their teams, and their organizations defines their ultimate success or failure. Now, on to today's episode. the coolest guest ever. Seriously. His name is Don McGuire, and he's the chief marketing officer at Qualcomm Technologies, which is the world's leading innovator when it comes to technology. Welcome, Don McGuire. Thank you, Michelle. It's really, really nice to be here. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I've seen your schedule and it's absolutely nuts. And you had to literally run out of a big strategy session to be here. And I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, anytime. So to the listeners, the reason why I asked Don to be on the Seismic Shift podcast is he and I have worked together for probably the last uh, last year of the pandemic, really thinking about connection and disruption and innovation and, and what I found in my book, The Seismic Shift in Leadership, what exactly is necessary to be successful as a leader right now? And as many of the listeners know who follow my work, all of the research uncovered that the old command and control style is no longer effective. That creates cultures of fear, which is the exact opposite of innovation. So when Don and I first met and he, I mean, his people hadn't seen each other in almost two years. And he said, Michelle, I want to throw these big idea summits. I want all of my people to come together and let's give them opportunities to disrupt. And one of the first things that I said on the call with Don when we were brainstorming, I said, okay, in order to disrupt and in order to create, we have got to embed considerable, significant amounts of time to connect. So Don, he and I, um, Don and I are very aligned. And so I just want to ask Don some questions about how in the world he got to be this leader that I really see as a role model when it comes to leadership connection. So Don, could you share with the listeners just about your story? Tell us about yourself and how in the world you got to this amazing position, this pinnacle where you are. Sure. Um, oh, wow. So it's been a, quite a journey um, over the past I won't date myself several years, I'll just say, uh, in, in, in kind of forming uh, my career path um, and taking my career in different directions that sort of culminated in where I am today. It's starting out where um, the first you know, job I was, I was uh, able to, to uh, talk myself into out of college was, was a sales job. Um, so I started out in sales and I think that, you know, believe it or not, Michelle, I think that's a really important foundation. I think especially for marketers, but I think for anyone, um, a sales experience is a really unique experience because it teaches you a lot of things. It teaches you first and foremost, how to handle rejection, uh, because you get a lot of rejection in sales. 
And so there, that is a process that I think everybody needs to go through uh, at one point or another in their, in their lives. But it also teaches you about relationships and, and it teaches you the importance of both verbal and nonverbal communication skills um, and talk about connection, right? How are you supposed to convince someone to buy what you're selling if you do not connect with them? Um, and so um, especially if it's something that's, you know, a high worth item or something that's high value. And, um, and so less transactional. So starting out in sales, I think, was um, a nice foundation to discover the power of connection and, uh, and, and, and the importance of it. And then from there, I bridged into sort of a hybrid sales marketing role, which is more of a product management role, and then into pure marketing and was um, sort of uh, on a path over time through various marketing roles uh, into, you know, sort of more of a general management position and got to experience running an entire team um, that was responsible for an entire market for the first time. That was fantastic. And, 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 and it was my first experience with cross-discipline leadership. Um, so it wasn't just leading one business function within an organization, but multiple business functions within an organization. Again, I thought that was great experience because People are different and, and, and people that work in different groups are different. Um, you know, what, what works for marketing may not work for sales, may not work for finance, uh, may not work for engineering. So having a cross-discipline group of people to lead uh, was another sort of point of inflection for me. Um, and again, it vaulted my ability um, and my skills with regards to connection and building relationships and understanding and empathizing. Uh, with people in their unique situations uh, just a little bit better than I had before. And then from there, um, I, I started to really dive deep into marketing leadership. And that's when I started getting more executive marketing leadership roles, um, which you know eventually led to my first role as a CMO at a startup organization. And then from there, uh, which as we all understand, sometimes startups just don't work out. But I learned a lot from, you know, taking that risk and diving into a startup, which was not a, not a safe environment necessarily from, from a, a, a corporate perspective. But it was, um, it was a, an interesting environment because of the dynamics of, of how startups can be. I learned a lot uh, from that experience. Uh, it wasn't the most pleasant experience of my career, um, to be honest with you. But I think that, you know, you learn a lot from great people that you work with and you work for over the course of your career. And then you learn a lot from people who aren't so great. Um, because I think as much as you take away leadership lessons from mentors and people that you would like to emulate and people that you just think very highly of, I think you learn equally, maybe if not more, from people that you don't, uh, because I think it teaches you that you don't want to be that type of leader, uh, that you want to um, act differently, be different, and, 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 and engage with your peers, uh, your teams, um, uh, or just you know the, the ecosystem of people around you in a much different way. So... Having kind of those positive and negative experiences with leaders who I had to then report into and or, uh, you know, answer to was really a well-rounding exercise. Um, if, if I would say I would be I wouldn't be as strong of 
or as astute of a leader if I just experienced greatness my entire career, right? From, from everybody who I worked for. Oh my gosh, they were so great. They were such a great mentor, which I did have a lot of great mentors, but I don't think I would be as well-rounded um, and as um, aware of a leader if I didn't have some of those experiences that were not so great. Um, and then from there, Totally. Could you, wait, Don, could you give us an example of one of your takeaways of when you were very cognizant, like, I am so not going to do that when I'm in a leadership (laughs) position. Oh, yes. No names, no No names, names. just behavior. Um, We'll just refer to this person as the devil. Um, So, um, uh, (laughs) yeah, a lot of ego, a lot of ego-driven decision-making, a lot of ego-driven direction a lot of personal revenge-driven or vendetta-driven behavior. And to your earlier point in your intro, Michelle, a lot of command and control. Um, And so I think, and I I probably had a, on the scale, a sliding scale of, of experiences, this probably was, you know, pretty bad from a leadership perspective. Um, But again, it taught me a lot about resilience. Uh, It taught me how I had to navigate, you know, sort of some, shark-infested waters, so to speak. And again, it taught me a lot. I did learn. And every experience is a learning experience. So, you know, when when a decision was made or a an action was taken that I found either offensive um, or just kind of unethical from a business morality perspective, I had to figure out what was I going to do and how was I going to react um, and what choices did I have to make or could I even make knowing that I was very uncomfortable with that decision or those decisions that were being made? So that was a big learning lesson for me. And um, I think it would be for anybody. But uh, specifically, that's something I'd never experienced before working you know, for big companies that had a lot of checks and balances, a lot of corporate governance in place and had some um, some tools within the, the structure of those organizations to prevent some of those things from happening. Right. And so. In startup land, you know, not not a lot of that governance or those tools are in place. So, um, so it was very interesting, very good learning experience. Like I said, wasn't pleasant at times, but uh, but it did teach me a lot. And for the first time in my life, I had to make a decision. It all led to me making a decision to 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 leave a, an organization and a position without having any place to go. And oh, I wow. and I'd never done that before. Um, I'd always been recruited away. I'd always been sought after. And it was something pulling me towards something new. It wasn't necessarily um, me trying to go find something new. And so for the first time, I had to make that decision because it was an intolerable situation that had that forced me into that decision. So that was scary and, and uncertain, but it was the right decision. And what that did is that actually birthed a whole new um, path for my career, which was um, consulting. And for seven years with two partners slash colleagues and friends, I formed a consulting practice and just had a fantastic time uh, with my two partners, engaging with some really interesting clients across technology and entertainment and working on marketing strategy and taking on some great projects. Again, rounding out my experience, rounding out my my ability to connect because connecting in a consultative manner is a lot different than connecting in a directive manner. And so, um, so again, 
how to learn a whole new set of skills, which were fantastic. And, uh, and again, it just, it, 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 it lended itself towards my breadth as a leader, um, which then brought me back into corporate sort of, um, marketing function at Intel. And then five and a half years after being at Intel brought me the op- to, to the opportunity at Qualcomm, uh, which started out, um, five and a half years ago that eventually led to my ascension to CMO. So that's a long way of saying that's how I got here, but a lot of, a lot of rich lessons along the way, for sure. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I love how you really emphasize, particularly for our listeners, that you believe that that sales experience in the beginning taught you the necessary skills to connect. And you said something that very few leaders truly understand is that nonverbal communication, 92% of communication is nonverbal. It is how you say it. It is not the content. And think about how many people we see who just don't get that, right? And so to learn those nonverbal, the importance of nonverbal skills, being so aware of how you're communicating and then empathy and compassion. And then you also had mentioned learning that ego was not how you got things done successful as a leader or, or, or because of your, your experiences with that leader without a name you learned that you needed to be humble. And that is a characteristic that I would have described about you. One of the things that I value the most about you, Don, is that, yes, you're cool and you're smart and you're fun and you're humble. You could be walking around really arrogant. Thank God you don't, right? I mean, that humility is just, it's just beautiful. So thank you for that. So, and thank you for sharing your story, particularly for everybody. Did, you know, how in the world do you get to, to the top, the chief marketing officer of the world's leading um, technology company? That's amazing, right? And so what I would love now for you to talk about is let's go into that tactical, you know, you had this idea coming out of the pandemic of this big idea summit, and then you and I figured out how to kind of deconstruct and then how to execute. And I want other leaders to learn and I want other leaders to do what you did. So could you share that process, that thinking? Sure. Well, I mean, so a couple of things that are factors rather that kind of led me to reach out and to, um, to initiate this sort of this, um, exercise for lack of a better word. One, you know, I, I became CMO during a pandemic, um, which is sort of a unique um, aspect that a differentiator that I think I probably share with just a few others, um, right? And uh, being a freshman CMO in the middle of a pandemic was, uh, you know, created unique opportunities and unique challenges. Also, at the same time, was working with my predecessor, Penny, on a full restructuring of the marketing organization here at Qualcomm. So, during a pandemic, restructuring an organization, becoming CMO. So those three things are what really kind of sat with me with a sense of uneasiness a little bit, but also with a sense of purpose. And how do I set this organization up for success when we're restructuring, when I'm taking this role on for the first time, when we're still dealing with detachment loneliness, mental health issues, you know, sickness, juggling work-life balance, remote work, remote school, all these other things, right, that are coming that are coming into play or that have been in play over the past two years. So um, one of the things that I really wanted to do is I wanted to bring the team together, um, especially the, the, in two layers. 
The first layer was the leadership layer. And the good news is, and I think we threaded the needle with this one, but um, there was a time uh, be- between Delta and Omicron <laughs> that the world seemed to open up again. And um, it became okay to get together and it became okay to sort of act more normal than uh, than we had over the past two years. And so that gave us this window of opportunity to create this big idea summit concept and to actually execute on it. And so I was able to bring together the leadership of my organization and after talking with you, create this, this two-day sort of off-site engagement opportunity where we talked about connection, we talked about disruption, and then we got into ideation and creation to set up this organization to come out of the pandemic, um, hitting sort of on on all cylinders and, and really sort of being able to get our stride. And so that's what led to the idea. Then within the idea or within the execution of the idea is when the entire team, because of their experience, gave feedback that we really should create this for the entire marketing organization. So which added the second layer to it. And that was the precipice for bringing the entire marketing organization through this exercise of connection, disruption, and then creation on the other side, which has then led to outputs uh, or outcomes of several strategic initiatives that now the team is is um, developing, planning, and executing on. So that's kind of that, that was the idea, and it really kind of came from these kind of three and you know the three things happening around us, and the situation and circumstance of my ascension, its uniqueness, and as well as just its timeliness. I guess I would say, and I've always been a big fan of pulling people together, and I know that you know during a time of of contagion, right? That's really hard to do. And even though, you know, technology has enabled us to stay productive and stay connected in some ways, because if we didn't have it, it would, we would have all been completely lost. It, it, it still does not replace the, the in real life, in person dialogue and collaboration that that we all have enjoyed, right, in the past, and we're starting to enjoy, enjoy again, um, there's just no real replacing that. And so I thought it was important that we give that a try. Um, it had been a long time uh, since we were able to do that. And I think it really benefited the team, uh, and it really benefited the process. And it helped me with my tenure, I think, as CMO, really create a foundation for success. This podcast directly parallels my new book titled The Seismic Shift in Leadership, How to Thrive in a New Era of Connection. Through a series of revealing interviews with 18 leaders from around the globe, I will show you how connecting with yourself, your teams, and your organizations can get you to the next level. The Seismic Shift in Leadership is available right now on Amazon or wherever books are sold. For more information about the book, you can visit my website at www.michellekjohnston.com. One of the powerful things that kind of directives you gave me, I said, what does success look like? 
if at the end of this, that was our first meeting together. I said, if the end of this first big meeting is successful, what does that look like? And he said, I want them to blow everything up. Nothing is, is off limits, blow everything up. And I remember thinking how many executives give their people that charge, that latitude, like to rethink everything, because if not now, when, right? When you're coming out of the entire planet, getting turned upside down, and we don't even know how the future of the world is going to work. We don't know if we're going to stay in the office how many days a week. Back then, we didn't know anything. And you just said, everything's on the table from the way that we work, the way that we meet, when, where, the way we market, how we market, agency, not agency. Even if you come up with days of not to have meetings, how are you most productive? I mean, everything was on the table. And so what was really cool about that exercise that we both got to witness is when you give people, right, the, the full reign, and, but you give them time first, because then we had to kind of step back and say, well, how in the world, if you want to get your people to, to do the most innovative thinking that they possibly could do, then we have to start from the beginning. So we really went back and we put them into small groups and said, okay, we're going to spend first 45 minutes, share your stories with each other. Because so many of the people were hired during the pandemic and they had never met in person. So again, I think it's important for our listeners to recognize that Don had big goals, right? Big goals. And yet we had to go all the way back to the basics to make sure that his people had time to truly get to know one another. So we went through the process, which really is outlined in my book of truly owning your story, you know, connecting with yourself first and foremost, who you are, your significant life events, and sharing it with your team so that you can build that trust and that psychological safety. And we spent a while doing that. And then we got into owning your communication and your personality. And, and so that you understand your strengths when you come into a problem-solving meeting, a brainstorming meeting, and then making sure you understand your blind spots and, and encouraging others who maybe don't think or process information like you do and, and, and respecting that. And Don, could you, we did a fireside chat together, our listeners, and Don and I had a, a great time talking about this process. What did you learn the most about going through that with your people about your personality style from Luminous Spark and then about what you learned about your team? Well, yeah. First of all, I think the Luminous Spark exercise was really great to achieve what you just mentioned, Michelle, which is, hey, get to know yourself a little bit better um, and, and use a tool to do that. And then um, find out, you know, the colleagues that you may have been working with for the past 5, 10, 15 years, but also maybe new people who you're just meeting for the first time to understand kind of where they sit on that spectrum, right? And so I think that that was a great way to establish that first step, which was this understand yourself, own your story, and then how do I, how do I connect with others? I think if you did that without a, a tool, it might not have been as effective. So first, I advocate for a tool of some sort to, to really sort of drive that interaction and drive that point home. Um, I think it gave everybody, A, a really interesting look at themselves. I think, I think the consensus, and Michelle, you were there, the people were like, I had no idea I was like this or I was like that. Or now that I think about it, yeah, this is really spot on. So it was a little bit of an awakening for some and a little bit of a validation for others. And then to see these colleagues they work with 
um, all the time and say, oh, I had no idea you were blue. You know, you were more of a blue or you were more of a yellow. And so I, th- I thought that was a really good exercise. Um, and I think it really spurred a lot of great conversation. And um, it was useful throughout the entire two days as we transitioned from connection into disruption and, and, and creation to understand that much more about yourself and to understand that much more about your colleagues was super important in making it a productive exercise. Um, so that was, that was outstanding. My, my luminous spark, which I was not surprised at when I got it back and I had done the exercise quite a bit ahead of this team as part of just an executive coaching process that I went through. So understanding where I sat on, on the, on the, uh, splash versus others was, was fun and interesting where, where we had the groups sort of break down, um, because I'm very yellow, red, orange kind of in that spot. I chose to go with the yellows, um, just because there weren't many of us. And so I, I wanted to kind of give the, the yellow some support for those of your listeners. That's kind of more of the, um, big picture thinker kind of part of the splash. And so that was really fun. It was fun to see the fact, and I wasn't surprised that we have a lot of results-driven people in my organization. And then it was really interesting to see some of the folks that are marketers now, but were engineers when they started out in their careers and how more on the sensitive side, which you don't really expect that from someone with engineering background. So it was really interesting exercise. I think it was really important to kick off with something substantial and something that structured in order to set up for the next two pieces, and I don't think the I don't think the two days would have been nearly as successful had we not gone through that. I think you're absolutely right. And so then, when we all came back the second day, and we were really trying to get them to ideate, we had to align. And this is that third level that I believe successful leadership is about: is connection with the organization. And so. I asked you, you know, share, revisit your strategic plan so that they understand where they're going so that when they're trying to ideate and create after they've already disrupted and connected. And so what I think is super cool is our alignment with my belief is connection is imperative. And then your company, Qualcomm's belief that connectivity is everything and every technology that you all um, discover, invent, and sell has to do with connectivity. So could you share that strategic plan so that we can understand how this all fits together? Sure. Um, so our strategic planning process is sort of bottoms up and tops down. Um, we get some rough guidelines about where Cristiano, our CEO, wants to take the company both in the next annual cycle, but also for the next three to five years. And we um, also get a, a, a view into where the businesses are headed. And then out of that, we need to develop as a business function, we need to develop our strategic plan in support of those business objectives, whether it's at the top, top level or by business by business. So that goes, that, that exercise is really what helps formulate our strategic plan. And then at a high level, I like to, you know, kind of come up with or create uh, an executive summary picture that may be, a, may be a slide or whatever that really sort of says at the very, very highest level, this is what, you know, marketing is going to achieve, or this is our strategic plan summary for, you know, fiscal year 22. And, and, um, and we also had a longer term look as well at our, at our strat plan. 
Um, but for the year, you know, here were the big things that we are going to accomplish. And they directly align to business objectives. I do not believe in having marketing, marketing objectives that do not directly align with a business objective. I think that's where marketing gets itself in trouble. Um, that's where marketing loses credibility. Uh, with, with the rest of the organization or with business, with business people or engineering folks or whoever it may be is, um, when marketing veers off and, and starts doing things, you know, for marketing sake, that's where we run into problems as marketers. So all of my marketing objectives have to be tied back to a business objective. It's very important that the business sees how marketing is contributing to their success, how we can make an impact how the results that we drive is impacting their ability to be successful and whatever their business goals are. So that's the root of our strat plan. Um, and then everything that flows from there, um, again, from the very, very high level all the way down to the tactical executions can all be tied back to um, up sort of the plan and then out to the business. And so, yes. And so talk to me about, you're on a lot of podcasts and congratulations for your big award. Um, one of social media's best, right? And, and so when you're on all these podcasts talking about Qualcomm technology and 5G and artificial intelligence and Snapdragon, how do you see your company's quest with connectivity align. I mean, I just, I see so much alignment with these big overarching strategic goals of connectivity and then what you are bringing to the table every day as a leader. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, our, our history, our DNA as a company is, 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 is connecting people uh, historically. And that was through you know, devices like the smartphone. The smartphone would not be in existence without us. We created the opportunity for you to put the internet in your pocket and for you to hail an Uber or for you to order DoorDash. Um, that was all created here in San Diego by our amazing uh, inventors at the company. And so that's our that's our DNA. And in in creating societal changing technology is a very cool place to be. Recently, though, we've diversified significantly beyond that initial mission and that initial charter uh, as the world has started to go through a massive digital transformation um, across industry, across product category, and across our personal and work lives. Um, and then add on top of that a global pandemic, which accelerated the technology adoption curve in 16 months, what usually takes about eight years. Um, it was a perfect storm for the relevance of our technology and what we do every day and the things that we invent and the products that we create and that we sell. And so this opportunity now for the company is pretty special in, in A, in, in our ability to grow and diversify across industries and product categories, our ability to take our Snapdragon platforms and, and, and take that goodness that really created the smartphone revolution and take that to automotive and take that to to augmented and virtual reality into the metaverse and take that into wearable technology and take that into, into the, the, the new modern compute world that we're all going to be living in um, since we've had to work remotely for the past two years. All those exciting things and all the macro trends that are kind of under this idea of digital transformation, we play. And so it's really a unique opportunity for the company to create, I, I guess I'll say create a whole new type of connection portfolio, um, add intelligence and 
uh, high-performance, low-power compute onto that. And it's really the perfect storm for moving technology forward for and, and in the benefit of municipalities, industries, you know, ecosystems, customers, consumers, uh, educators, you know, you name it. Um, but, but the constituencies are broad um, and, and they're deep. And so um, the, the parallels between connecting as a leader and connecting as a person and connecting as a peer or connecting as a father or husband or whatever, and the, the technology side of connection is pretty unique in what we do. You can't ignore the fact that, well, we're trying to connect with our, our teams and we're trying to connect with, with, our, with our families and the tools that sometimes we have to use to do that you know, are created right here. So that's pretty special. And it's, it's given a little bit of a different meaning to what we do every day, um, both over the last two years, but now going into the future. Oh, wow. That was beautiful, Don. Thank you. That is exactly what I, I keep envisioning. And I hope that the leaders now can see how a, a leader who has learned from the good and the bad and the ugly, right, and all of Don's past experiences has gotten to this level and truly understands why empathy is so important, compassion, relationships, right? nonverbal, verbal communication, and then he's actually in the industry that is allowing all of us to stay connected. And so you can see these synergies and this alignment. And so again, it, it just goes back to what I truly believe, which is the thesis of all of my research is that in order to be successful right now as a human, as a human, right? Not even just leading an entire division in a huge company, but as a human is truly understanding yourself so that you have a connection with yourself so that you can show up as authentic. Those days are over when you put on your professional self and you march into the office showing one dimension of yourself, but then you're this, you know, totally other person at home. Those days are over. You're not putting that toothpaste back in the tube. We've got to reconcile like, who am I so that I can show up totally totally comfortable in my own skin. And then and only then can you truly make those meaningful connections with your team because you're showing up as authentic. And then when you own your communication style, own that personality, what, like you said, whatever tool you use to grow so that you understand yourself, and then you show compassionate connection with others. And then and only then can you go and connect with the organization and make sure as a leader that you are allowing your people or at least educate educating them enough on what your strategy is and so that you can empower them, right, to come up with those objectives to have that alignment. Because the great resignation showed us, Don, right, that so many people, we could call it the great re-evaluation, the great reprioritization. And, and what it was essentially is people are saying, I don't feel seen, heard, valued, appreciated at all. It doesn't align with who I am. I don't like this company. I'm in an abusive relation, not relate, you know, but abusive environment. I don't feel appreciated. I'm out. And we saw so much of that. And that's where alignment is key, making sure that your people understand, and in your case with Qualcomm, that connectivity piece and how exciting it is to be a part of the company that is giving the world these connection tools and then finding 
a way that you can say, and here's how I'm making a difference. Here's my role and here's how I'm making a difference. So that, that purpose um, and that alignment. So uh, listeners, I hope you can see why I was so excited today to have Don McGuire, the chief marketing officer at Qualcomm on the show with us, because I really want everybody to learn about how important it is to embed meaningful connection while you're trying to execute and reach your uh, company goals. So thank you so much, Don. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Remember, a little kindness goes a really long way, especially right now. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Michelle. Thank you for joining us on The Seismic Shift. And before you go, can I ask one favor of you? Do you mind sharing today's episode with a leader you know? The power of this conversation is found in your using it and sharing it to create real connection in your life. Lastly, I'd like to thank Loyola University, New Orleans and the Terra Firma audio team for helping bring this content to life.